What were the apostles thinking on this night? What did they know? They must have noticed the tensions in Jerusalem as the chief priests and those who did not like what Jesus said and did, how that pressure on him and about him negatively was growing. Did they know how bad things were? Jesus gives them a shock, two surprises, and something incredible for us. He starts out with the shock. John's gospel is the only one who records this, and scholars think it happened before he took the bread and the wine and changed it into his body and blood. He got up and took off his garment and went over to them, got the bowl and the water, and began to wash their feet. Now, in our cultures, all of, all of our cultures, I believe, we got lots of cultures here. That's one thing about St. Lawrence. We, we pretty much are a microcosm of the Catholic Church. We counted up one time all the different places where people received their faith. It was over 30 countries. But none of us have a tradition of washing feet. So we only see it on Holy Thursday. People are chosen. They make sure their feet are really clean when they come up here. <laughs> and we got a bowl and a towel. And, you know, we, we, it's, it's all pretty stylized. This was a horrible job. If we're going to get close to what Jesus did, now those of you who, you know, put on dinners at your home, supposing Jesus came to your home and said, I'll wash the dishes. What would most of you say? No, 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 no. You're our guest. That's not bad enough yet. You could, what if he swept your house? He said, you know, I'll clean the house. You're going to go out. Let me, give me the broom. How many of us would let him do that? It's worse than that. I think we're getting closer if we think about Jesus taking out our garbage. Now, I'm not being superficial about this. I'm not being... Um, silly about this. That's no one liked this job. It was the lowest servant who washed feet. They were shocked, appalled that he would want to even do that. And Peter represents all of them with his response. No, Lord, you're not going to do that to me. And Jesus has to straighten them out like he often has to do with Peter and us. So he shocked them. And then he told them, as I have done for you, you must do for each other. He gave them the mandate, the mandatum, to love as I have loved you. So that's the shock. Then comes the first surprise. They're here for the Passover. Did you ever wonder what the word Paschal mystery really means? We use that word all the time. But I, for a lot of my life, I heard it. And I was always like a little curious, like, what exactly does that word mean? What is it referring to? We, now we say it's the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. But the word literally means to pass over. And it comes from the Jewish salvation history, our history. For it first comes from is literally the angel of death passing over their houses because they had prepared the house with a sign on the door. It was like code. They put the blood of the sacrificed lamb on the doorposts. 
And you know, when God was freeing his people, he didn't start with such an awful thing as taking the firstborn of, of their families, their slaves, their, their livestock. That was the last ditch effort. He gave Pharaoh every other possibility to let my people go. And God would not give up. So finally, this incredible thing happens. And the Passover then, it gets extended to their Passover from slavery to being free. To be able to follow God. And he's taking them to a promised land. That's the Passover. The surprise that Jesus gives them all on this night is he gives them a new Passover. This would have surprised, probably shocked them too, but they heard him talk about this in John's Gospel earlier on when he would say, you take my flesh and unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no life within you. And some of the disciples left. How can we follow someone who talks like that? But he takes and gives them and us a new Passover. Takes the bread. This is my body. Takes the wine. This is my blood. It was a surprise. He gave them a new Passover. And this Passover is the Passover from our slavery of sin and condemnation for what we've done all through the centuries. Passing over to new life, life eternal, freedom from our sins, forgiveness, which would be expressed the next day in action on the cross and then the resurrection. The other surprise that he gave them is right at the end. He takes the cup and he offers it, this is my blood. He says, do this in memory of me. Now, who's sitting around the table? His apostles. He just commissioned them to be able to make his body and blood real and present out into the future. So this is a celebration of the priesthood. And um, I wanted to say a word about these priests, who I know you love so much. I know they inspire you and you tell me about how they do. Well, they inspire me too. I like Father Paul from Jesuit. You know, a year and a half ago is when he first started coming here on a more regular basis. When I asked him, he said yes right away. What, I'm, what I so admire about Paul and his priesthood is that he gives homilies. I love to listen to his homilies on the website because he's probing He's vulnerable about his own life. He really, I, I believe, you follow in the spirit of your founder, St. Ignatius, because you're looking for a way to give everything to God. Father Lawrence, you know who's here from Nigeria? He works at St. Joseph's Hospital, but he's always happy to help us. His ministry is a ministry of healing, the healing of Jesus. When I look into his face... I see the face of Jesus, his kindness, his um, generosity, his availability for whatever we need. Father Chuck, we can all say great things about Father Chuck. I, what I'm, I'm so impressed with him in so many ways. 
He's such a hard worker. And he has the joy. You know, Pope Francis talks about we need to be joyful as Christians. He has that joy in his priesthood. And he has a special connection to the youth. And he has a way of inspiring the youth to hear the call of God in their lives. How can they serve God better? I see him doing that. And the kids responding all the time. Finally, Father Keating. For me, when I hear him, I've been listening to his homilies too. There's such wisdom there from all those years of priesthood. And he preaches on love and our call to respond in love to God. He challenges in his preaching. He challenges so that we may serve the Lord. Yesterday, at the cathedral, he was recognized because this year, a little bit later, he's going to be celebrating his 60th anniversary as a priest. On behalf of all of us and together, for our priests, let us show a sign of our support and our appreciation. told you about the shock, the two surprises, and now for the amazing reality that's given to us. There's a word in Greek, anamnesis. Literally in Greek, it means against forgetting. We really use the word in a positive way, remembrance. Have you ever heard somebody talk about some place? Father Chuck and I both had a history teacher, Dr. Charlie Cox. When he taught his class, and he talked about whatever it was in the moment in history, remember him talking about George Washington? It was like he was there. He knew George Washington. <laughs> and when he talked about whatever it was in history, I mean, we, we would write you know, notes for three hours and never get tired. We got tired of writing, but we didn't get tired of listening to him. It was as if he was there. Anamnesis is more than that. When we celebrate the Eucharist every time at Mass, we're not remembering 2,000 years ago like, wasn't that great? When we celebrate the Mass, we believe, as the Jewish people do about the Passover, the moment in time then is universal and eternal. And when we celebrate the Mass, that moment opens up for us right here, right now. It's not just reading a book about something that happened in the past. The reality, the real presence, what Jesus did that night is opened up to us right here. And tonight, after Holy Communion, in that spirit of anamnesis, his real presence will come through us and go to the altar of repose, the garden. And he's inviting us, come spend some time with me. But you might not be able to do a whole hour. He asked for an hour. Last thing I'll say is, what's this all about? It's about when we leave, we just didn't celebrate a nice, beautiful mass. We got a commission. 
My parents' church, they got a sign on the back door. You are about to enter mission territory. And it's a great reminder that we're called to go out and be Christ, the Eucharist, wherever we go. You know, Monsignor Higgins had this dream of the city of God. That when we come here, we experience the kingdom, the city of God. And our call is not that this out there is the jungle, we come in here, thank goodness. Our call is to make out there what it's like in here. To make the city of God become real as God always intended. As we continue our Mass tonight, let us pray to be open to that shock, those surprises, and this amazing reality. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you know. God bless you. If you'd like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike where you get your podcasts.